0: Section sixty three of the story of old France. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The story of old France by H. A. Gerber. Section sixty three. The end of Francis the First's reign. While Francis was gradually changing the face of the country by his manifold improvements. His rival Charles V was covering himself with glory by besieging Tunis, the stronghold of the Mussulman pirates, whence he freed twenty thousand Christian captives. The emperor's power and influence were greatly increased by this triumph. As he passed from one to another of his vast dominions, he made it a point to converse with each nation in its own language, for he was a famous linguist, and he was often heard to declare, "'One is as many times a man as one knows different languages.' francis was jealous and seeing the influence of his rival constantly increasing he dreaded evil consequences for himself and for france he therefore gladly seized the pretext of the murder of one of his agents at milan to begin the third war for the balance of power against charles v meanwhile the french king had sought the alliance of turkey justifying himself for associating with unbelievers by saying when the wolves attack the flock one has the right to call the dogs to help this alliance which sorely shocked christian europe won for france the exclusive privilege of trading in the eastern seas as well as that of protecting all christians in the east and the holy places visited so frequently by pilgrims as soon as the war broke out charles hastened to invade provence where he would doubtless have been successful, had not the French general devastated the country ahead of him so thoroughly that he could find no provisions to feed his army, and was obliged to retreat to escape starvation. It was during the Third War for the Balance of Power that a great French physician, Ambrose Pere, made a discovery which was to be of lasting benefit in medicine. You see people in those days were very literal and because the good samaritan in the new testament poured oil in the wounds of the man who had fallen by the wayside it was customary to treat even gunshot wounds by that primitive method at one battle however the supply of oil was so limited that pare and his assistant physicians soon had none left the great doctor then gazed at the wounded in despair having no hope of saving them Yet, unable to stand by inactive while people were suffering, he promptly soused bandages in cold water, and proceeded skillfully to bind up the wounds with them, saying compassionately, We can at least make them as comfortable as possible, and ease their departure from this world by keeping these bandages moist. He was greatly surprised to discover that the patients thus tended had less fever, and recovered much faster, than those who had been doctored in the old way with oil. The result of this experiment was that no oil was thereafter poured into wounds. Parais also has the credit of making other helpful discoveries in medicine, which are connected with his name. The third war against Charles V ended with the Treaty of Nice, 1538, which provided for a ten years' truce between the two kings. Soon after this, Charles V, wishing to proceed from Spain to Flanders, begged Francis I's permission to cross France, the king's fool on hearing of this proposal appeared at court with a huge book under his arm and when his master smilingly inquired why he carried one so large promptly said to keep a record of all the fools and i have inscribed the name of charles v at the head of my list francis amused by this sally good-naturedly inquired but what will you do if i allow him to pass through my dominions unharmed i shall efface his name your majesty and inscribe yours there in its stead, promptly replied the jester, who, according to the custom of the day, was never rebuked or punished for anything he chose to say or do. Having obtained permission to cross France, Charles V began his long journey. Yet remembering vividly how unkindly he had treated the French king at Madrid, he never felt quite at ease while in this rival's power. It is even said that one day, while he was riding out, one of the young princes sprang up behind him on his horse and flinging his arms around him playfully cried now you are my prisoner upon which charles turned ghastly pale not realizing at once that this was only a joke on another occasion francis made charles very uncomfortable by pointing to one of his favorites and remarking you see that fair lady my brother she is of the opinion that i ought not to allow you to leave paris until you have atoned for the treaty of madrid but this time Charles kept his presence of mind, for he merely replied, "'If the advice is good, brother, it should be followed.' Still he was very careful, shortly after, to conciliate the king's favourite, by dropping a beautiful diamond ring into the basin which she held for him while he washed his hands, refusing to take it back again, and gallantly bidding her keep it in memory of him. The ten years' truce provided by the Treaty of Nice lasted only four, a mere pretext causing hostilities to break forth afresh a combined force of turks and frenchmen captured nice and a french army won a brilliant victory in italy Cérisole. this war was ended the same year by a treaty none of whose provisions were respected by either party it was during the reign of francis i that the protestant reformation began in germany calvin the french reformer dedicated his chief work to francis but he never won the king's favor, and soon found himself banished from France. The policy of Francis was to persecute the Protestants in his own kingdom, while encouraging them abroad. His purpose in sending support to them abroad was to stir up as much trouble as possible for his rival, Charles V. In his premature and embittered old age, Francis persecuted the French Protestants more severely than before. In the southwest were many Waltenses, people who had long followed the teachings of an earlier reformer named Waldo. Because they now joined the Protestant movement, Francis ordered the sect suppressed, 1545. Thus twenty-two villages were either burned or otherwise destroyed, hundreds of people slain, and many Waldenses forced to flee to the mountains, making their way thence out of the country as best they could. Francis was always a most arbitrary ruler, all his decrees were signed not only by his name but with the haughty formula for such is my good pleasure it is on that account that he is said to be the founder of the old rule or old regime according to which the king had absolute authority ruling by divine right unchecked by parliament or states-general because of his many wars his love of display and his extensive buildings francis was always in need of money to secure funds he sold offices, and started the public debt, which is now greater than that of any other country, although the people of France are wealthier, on the average, than those of other nations. Francis, who was also known as Father of Letters, not only made French the literary language of the country, but had all the laws drawn up in French instead of in Latin. He also founded the Royal Printing Press, and the College of France, and greatly enlarged the Royal Library a great reader himself, he is said to have perused many of the works of the great reformers, Waldo, Luther, Zwingli, and Calvin, but he remained a Catholic, and made use of all his power to maintain Catholicism in France. End of section 63 Recording by Owen Cook in Pottawatomie Seated Land